0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Casting Views, the podcast hosted by me, Dan. And me, Lou. Where we take a random topic each week and we cast our views on it. This week, I'm going to say the subject and then I'll go to the small talk. Actually, no, let's do the small talk. Lou, how are you?
1: Oh, um, yeah, not bad. Everything's better. My cat's still dead. Um, the weather's getting worse. Uh, but apart from that, all, all is all is relatively, relatively actually.
0: Calm. Do you know what? You're going to have to explain the thing about your cat because this episode is going to go out before the other one.
1: Oh shit! Yeah, my cat's dead. Fuck it.
0: yeah! So do you want to tell the <laughs> do you want to tell the listeners about that? Yeah,
1: yeah. So I mean, technically, if you're hearing this episode before the one where I officially announced the death of my cat, then you're you're it's going to be weird because it's kind of some sort of Inception-style casting views that's happening. But yeah, my cat unfortunately passed away at 19 years old. But Rip Billy. Yeah. Rip rip Billy, yeah. Yeah. In nineteen
0: years old. Uh, I I didn't... will say it in that other pod, so I know we'll probably repeat, but yeah, I was saying it's it's half my life. Half my yeah. half my life I knew that cat and almost all of yours.
1: Yeah, exactly. So if anybody's listening and you got a drink in hand, just pour a little bit out for Billy who would, would appreciate it. But yeah, yeah. And hug of, your cats if you've yeah. got a cat. Hug you, your cats. Yeah, if you've got a cat, hug your cats. I know that they can be prick sometimes, but that's just the way they are. They don't mean anything by it, really. I, I would know. Well, I don't know because mine's dead. But um, yeah. <laughs> I think moving on.
0: <laughs> I shouldn't have asked you what your week was like. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, mine's all right. Again, a little bit of this, little bit of that. I tried to buy. I bought myself a little little books so i was hoping to be able to start playing some funny sound effects on this podcast but one i haven't got that working yet and two it wouldn't feel appropriate after what you've just said now anyway so
1: (laughs) (laughs) imagine it yeah you just turn around and be like (laughs) wow
0: it's it's
1: actually got that sound maybe we should have a section where it's like something that's happened in our week and we do play like an inappropriate sound effect for it i feel like that would be (laughs) a
0: really good segment yeah oh if i could get it working he's got some brilliant ones if i've worked this out right this is going to go after the hot takes one with leo so, um, if we're still around then, hi to those who stayed with us, <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. If we haven't been cancelled, um, it's, it's nice still knowing you.
0: This will be just a couple of days after our World Cup prediction. So, how's that turning out for us? We'll know by now, won't we? How are some of you? We're <laughs> <laughs> where, where um,
1: utterly shite,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. The first couple of games, days worth of games, and the week before, uh, the one we did with. Justin, which now we've let the cat out of bag on that one, but I have a feeling there was something in that that was going to get, oh yeah, I'm not going to say it now, but there was something in that that might get us, um, comments we might get from a couple of those episodes, So, so we'll just see, we'll just see, however... Oh, and I said, let the cat out the bag about Justin. Sorry, Lou, after what you said. <laughs> that... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> right, so you know what? Let's just crack on, right? Otherwise, I'm going to say something that's going to upset Lou again. <laughs> so we'll we'll go into our promo before we do the episode. Um, we're going to hear from Super Familiar with the Wilsons. Again, we've called them out a number of times because we are sandwiched. Our podcast, our, our lovely voices are sandwiched by the, the musical works of josh from super familiar with the wilson's check them out and we'll hear from them now the super familiar with the wilson's
1: podcast you know that family whose house you hung out in when you were a kid the house was a little loud and chaotic but always fun and sometimes felt more home than home well that's us
0: we're the wilson's and we welcome you into our podcast with silly chat ridiculous games and interviews with interesting people like a spin doctor The Super Familiar with the Wilsons Podcast. Welcome home. Right, and we are back. So, Lou, this week's episode, I wanted to talk about deepfake. Now, I will tell you why I wanted to talk about deepfake. It's just something that seems to be coming more and more again in the press. So, there was recently a story about Bruce Willis, I think. Now, I think the story was supposedly that he'd sold his deepfake likeness to be used but I think that's not quite right I don't think he'd sold it permanently I think he's sold it to be used in a Japanese commercial where he was going to be falling from a plane or something like that so that had already been on my mind just thinking about deepfake generally and then there was a um, a BBC3 documentary about the use of deepfake in porn and not just you know putting celebrity faces onto existing porn uh, clips but the trend now for putting anyone's face onto it which is actually is quite disturbing and if you watch that documentary it's actually quite distressing so I'm sure everyone knows but deep fake how can we describe it so it is almost like using algorithms isn't it to create someone's face and make it almost look like they are a, in, in a video clip isn't it
1: yeah it's kind of like CGI porting Another person's face onto a person's body, basically, yeah. So that's where it kind of gets its use in pornography because they're putting like celebrity faces on porn stars' bodies, basically. Um, but if I remember rightly, like deep fates weren't were, like a like are a particularly new thing. Like I don't remember this being a thing when I was at uni.
0: If that makes well, sense, I thought they were new, but I think they It's if you look at it, I think it's definitely been around since around 2018, 2017, 2018. So yeah, I mean, still fairly new but I I was thinking like the last couple of years but yeah we're looking around the four to five year mark but what this porn bit has done has seemed to have made it feel like it's now the deepfake technology is now in the hands of anyone rather than it being some high-powered tech computer that you need you know or coder that you need to do it. it now feels like it's in the hands of any kind of computer literate person
1: yeah, it's kind of just more accessible, isn't it? Because I think there was a period of time, wasn't there, where there was like apps that were circulating where you could just take enough pictures of a person from like a Facebook profile or something like that, pop them into the software and then it would put this person's face into um, whatever video you'd uploaded, which is actually quite a scary prospect, I think. And then didn't they do, wasn't there a company that did like, fe- like speeches from prominent politicians yeah. so like Donald Trump, I think was one of them. Um, and I think, did they have a Vladimir Putin one as well, where there was like him speaking, but obviously it's not him. They've just ported his face onto an actor who's behaving yeah. and like using mannerisms like 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 each of them. Um, but yeah, very, very Well, the scary.
0: famous ones I'm aware of, there's one of, is it Robert Nixon doing a different moon yeah, landing yeah. speech? So there's one of that. The oh. most famous one is um, uh, Tom Cruise on TikTok, isn't it?
1: Yes! Oh my God, that's the one. That is honestly, it's so scary. How much it's like it, 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 it just does genuinely really does come across as Tom Cruise. Because the first time I saw that video, I was like, "Why is Tom Cruise got, like an account that he's running like a parody?" And then it's not. It's just and not him. The only <laughs>
0: other one that I've probably seen. Ironically, it was on um, you know, like the Twenty Four News Channel here, like BBC News Twenty Four, Sky Twenty Four. They've each yeah. got like a respective tech thing for kids, like a little program. And they were talking about it once. And I think it was Barack Obama. But they had the voice as well. This this deepfake technology was also mimicking the voice perfectly. And to all right. intents and purposes, if you weren't watching that and you put it on, you would have thought Barack Obama is doing a speech on TV if you hadn't seen the preamble. Yeah, so yeah, it's it's definitely, I put it in the camp of, I'm all for you know. I'm, I've always been a bit of a techie. I love all tech and games and stuff like that. But I put it in the scary camp in terms of what this can do. Ultimately, I, because I've been thinking about it, and and this porn thing, this de- documentary was on. Th- this is like I said. This is what nudged me to talk to talking to you about it. And I've got some bits on it around that. This documentary as well. So if you haven't seen it, it's um it's got the story of three women. I think it is one in America, and all have had their likeness put onto porn on the internet. And the thing is, I think you and I have said before, once something's out on the internet, it doesn't matter if there's an, then an apology or something after, it doesn't matter because nobody ever sees a retraction or anything like that. Your pictures are out there.
1: No. Yeah, yeah, it's it's genuine. Yeah, internet, and, that's and
0: that's the, it, the only thing is, I could only get this from a couple of years ago, but in 2019, an Amsterdam-based company that detects and tracks deepfakes on the internet found 14,678 deepfake videos on popular streaming websites, double the number from 2018, and discovered that 96% of the fake videos involved non-consensual pornography. So 96% and that was the figure quoted in this Uh, This documentary as well. So 96% of deepfake videos were non-consensual pornography. You'll see that word non-consensual. I think it's absolutely important that that word's in there because, you know, these women didn't know, obviously didn't take part in this, didn't know it was going to be used for that. But what I was going to say, the, the the sickening part is you'll see people say, oh, here's a picture of my sister, my aunt, my wife, you know, it, but it's also, it's like family members. And then it's like, this is a picture of a woman I work with. Can you do that? Or or there's it's a woman I've yeah. seen once. So I found her Instagram profile and I've taken a picture. Can, can you do that? It just feels so wrong, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it's, it's just awkwardly creepy, isn't it? And that's the thing. I feel like whenever you get a technology like this, irrespective of the good that you can do, people will find ways to do bad with it. And in reality, if there's one thing that tells us, like, what, 75% of all websites on, on the internet are literally pornography, whenever you get a new technology that has the potential to be adapted in that way, you can sure fire bet that that's the... the like beta that they're going to use to test it if that makes sense like that's that's what they're going to use as the experiment so it's a terrible thing but it's do you know what it is it just doesn't shock me for some reason it's not like a thing that makes me real I, I just I think to myself I'm like I feel like that's just something that people would do because they've got endless possibilities to like indulge in weird fantasy again that pornography allows them to do that and it's just like such a an ex- expected, well, again, whilst a disgraceful thing, an expected thing, which is again just terrible to say, but
0: at the moment, it's weird, isn't it? technically, I don't think it's illegal.
1: Well, this is the thing because do you know what the problem is as well? And especially in the UK, we're actually quite slow with like how legislation catches up with with technology. Um, so with this, because it's such a new thing, you're not going to see legislation that gets passed correctly and effectively enough to turn around and make this sort of thing illegal it's going to be a really long while before the legislation is correctly drafted can actually be passed. People have time to discuss it. And this is the thing you're going to have this period of time where it's like some sort of like morbid moral gray area where people are like, what can and can't we use it for? And it just, it it takes time to be able to draw what is like a legal line in the sand. And that's really, again, what a big problem with stuff like this is because it's like, um, do you remember as well? At one point there was like an issue with like revenge porn laws people were having like nude photographs stolen. It happened. Do you remember that it, there was a big thing about it when um, all of those celebrities had their like, iCloud hacked yeah. or whatever it was at the time. Um, and there wasn't proper legislation surrounding revenge porn where people were posting like their ex-girlfriends or ex-boyfriends or whatever it might have been online. Um, and again, it took a while for the legislation to actually be passed in the United Kingdom to make these serious offences that would result in ultimately prison time. And I imagine that's probably what, what's going to happen with this as well it's just going to take such a long time well has been discussed
0: here the online safety bill is due to be discussed in parliament here in autumn so it's probably happening now right the the only places uh, i've seen so i think in america virginia and california have made it illegal to generate deepfake porn without person's consent i think scotland has made it illegal to distribute deepfake fake porn because i think what i saw in this this article now or this documentary is that the only people they they went for and arrested not the people that have made it i mean often they're untraceable because at the moment technically that's not necessarily illegal but it's the people who have then been trying to blackmail so there was a guy who was trying to blackmail one of the women saying i've got your videos and i'm gonna Right. It.
1: okay and like i said yeah. i don't
0: want to focus purely on on the pornography aspect of this but i was saying to my partner when i was watching this is that if you think about this, right, the damage that somebody could do, it could be anyway. You don't like someone at school. You you put their picture, you you upload their picture. You know, someone's pissed you off in yeah. the office, you do that. And the fact that you can do it, I think at the moment, they'd have to prove that it was done with malicious intent, that it's caused them damage, et cetera, which is why I think it's not illegal because it's like, or they can't stop it because it's like, it's really difficult to prove. So hopefully this new legislation comes in to do it isn't it frightening yeah. world where you know because they also talked about an app that you can download on your phone yeah well we've i mean
1: i guess to a lesser extent we saw it with like do you know do you remember like the early iterations of like snapchat filters and that sort of thing um and conversely as well what was it like the was it not bitmojis do you know what's on your iphone where you can put oh like yeah, yeah, yeah yourself and then like the face moves like we can do that with such like sim like it's such a simple feature Imagine if somebody just puts a little bit of time in it to develop that and all of a sudden they can give you an app on a phone that can make you with enough pictures of a person, be able to put them on um, someone else. Um, it's, it's really strange. But again, like I said, it's because the technology now moves so quickly. Imagine now a combination of that and like yeah. um, virtual reality like brings in a whole another level because now like like in my mind that opens it up to like a whole different level of creepiness when you start combining the different technologies that have been coming out in like the last five or six years and that are becoming mainstream makes you wonder how dangerous is this actually going to be like if like people have particular avatars that are based on your face they can make themselves present as someone different in like a virtual reality world and make themselves look like a different person, but you think that it's them because they're using a picture of their real face. I don't know if you ever remember this. Do you remember on FIFA, you used to be able to yes. upload pictures yeah, of your yeah, yeah. face <laughs> to the game and it would turn like the avatar into you? So you had your face and that's what is your profile and your player. Imagine if people are doing that now, but in again, like a virtual reality world where it makes someone and, and makes someone believe that they are someone else. It's like catfishing, for instance, with dating, online dating imagine now so at the minute like the, the the way in which people are catfished is they never really see videos of the person that they're speaking to they get catfished by a fake profile imagine now that person can create videos with pictures of the person of the person's profile that they're using and can now create live video of them in order to fool a person in that situation you look at everything terrible that people do and what and how it could be made worse and even easier for them to do that's just another example of like catfishing or again fraud that like facial recognition technology or whatever it might be you put a video up of, of somebody because you need like access to accounts or whatever it might be you know things like that to me again are huge flags for for, for me i keep coming abused. back
0: around to the fact that it's in the normal person's hand and and you know what i say normal i mean because yeah. this woman who was doing this investigation on this documentary she put her own face on it she she basically had an a website and she tried it herself and she was just able to do it she took a picture of herself and she watched this clip of her in this porn video and she said if i didn't know obviously if you know the fact i know it's me and i've just done that she goes "I, i would think that's real she said because it looks real yeah
1: yeah
0: oh sorry and one of the other bits is she was given a photo that someone just took off someone's instagram page alongside it there were four videos or four porn clips that this woman's face had been superimposed now who this woman is she didn't know but that's not that's the point of it you can just do anything with anyone now politics as well that's the other area where this could be really bad now going back to what you said about vladimir putin earlier so one other texas apparently has passed a law to criminalize publishing and distributing deepfake videos intended to harm a candidate or influence results within 30 days of an election. And that was because researchers at MIT demonstrated how they could use the technology to create a real-time fake interview with President Vladimir Putin.
1: Yeah, yeah that is particularly scary because that's like that's not even do you know what i mean like there's there's smaller evils in terms of like the pornography and whilst they're huge for the individuals it's like individuals that are concerned whereas the politician ones is like you're actively trying to make like have a negative impact on like world events like imagine if you get videos like with with the state of the world that we are in at the moment where there's a lot of, of attention happening in kind of world politics Imagine if you had videos that went up that were deep fakes of prominent people in the world turning around and making inflammatory statements here, there and everywhere. All of a sudden, it, it, it might make people look at something and, and it, it could have horrific consequences. If
0: rumours are to be believed, Brexit was influenced by, you know, foreign bots. And that's just postings on a social media site, let alone videos that look like someone now the thing is, California have also passed a law that makes it illegal for anyone to intentionally distribute deepfakes intended to see, deceive voters or harm a candidate's reputation within 60 days of an election. My my thing is, why isn't it illegal at any point? Why is it limited to 30 or 60 days before an election? <laughs> yeah, Because I think yeah. the damage like, is done the <laughs> then. Because, again, what I said earlier and what we said before, how many times you see it all the time? Something hits Twitter and it starts trending and it will be a shocking headline or a soundbite but it doesn't matter then if the newspaper or the or the media outlet re- make a retraction on that or make a correction because firstly nobody ever actually reads the article they just read the inflammatory headline right and yeah. secondly no one then ever retweets they don't say oh i retweeted this video that says this now they've come out and said that's wrong i'm not going to retweet that one nobody does that right so <laughs> yeah, yeah if you're doing a video of a politician. That's slating the other one or saying, I've done this, you know, don't vote for me because I've done this or make it look like they take a part in some sleazy activity. What's it matter that if it's 61 days before an election? Do you, do you see what I say? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: I agree. Yeah, it, 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 for some reason, it's like it's an attempt to turn around and limit damage that can be done and make something illegal. But you're kind of like half asking And it Things like reality, this stick
0: you? in people's minds. I don't think there's a time limit where people forget about something dodgy
1: yeah because that's what it is like how many times like this is what the problem is how many times have you read a headline and then ever read the retraction from like a newspaper because newspapers in reality or websites the only people that that actually issue retractions the the headline will get six million views the retraction gets a hundred thousand and this is the thing nobody's ever going to sit there and look at it and think oh yeah that's what i saw because you just don't you don't see the afterthought because the news has already moved past that you've already gone past the point of giving a shit about whether it was real or not you've just made your judgement based on what you saw whether it's, whether or not you believed it
0: was it was it was real or fake or or looked at it afterwards anyway and the other danger then that comes from this is say you've got celebrity a is deep fake to do some really depraved act or to admit he's done this crime or something and then he comes out and says no it's not me and then it gets proven say that it's not him how do you start believing anything in the future what if as someone does actually get caught doing something, but they said no, that's not me, that's a deepfake, when it was there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, do you know I, mean? yeah. I, I I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's got to be technology that can detect deepfake, right?
1: Yeah, you would hope. I mean, that's what we've always done. Like, if courts, for instance, have ever had, like, video footage, like, I know that you see it in, like, American TV shows, but obviously you bring experts in, you can turn around and say, no, this has been tampered with or hasn't been tampered with. But again, I guess it depends how good does the technology get and how easy is it to detect these things because again this is a new thing that we're having to identify like what software do we have at the minute that identifies whether or not something's been deepfaked i don't know how we do that i'm not technically gifted enough to to have an understanding that works either again it's like new counter technology that needs to be developed
0: don't now. want to be like the person that thinks negative about stuff all the time because um, that's normally you but it's like we are now entering more so than ever because with digital manipulation of photographs with cgi you already can't believe what you see or hear a lot yeah. of the time so yeah. you know now throw in deep fakes and literally i just won't believe anything anymore ever
1: yeah and do you know what it is as well and this is the thing it delegitimizes the things that you see that are real because it throws doubt in your mind doesn't it so previously but then again like is it surprising to us we've talked about fraudsters and that sort of thing on this show and scams and 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 big fakery like historical fakeries that sort of thing in particular instances is it surprising that people are just using modern technology to do that now no do you know what i mean it's like it's not even a surprising thing it's like the, the mentality is still the same people just have more access to do it and this is what the thing is, whereas before, if you wanted to fake a picture of, you know, uh, this is this is going to hawk back to another episode that we've done a little bit of a, a giveaway. But if we if we wanted to fake a, a picture of the Loch Ness Monster, we needed to go and tie some barrels together, go into a fucking lake, get wet, take a physical picture, make sure it was black and white, make sure it was grainy enough. Whereas now you can do that shit all through CGI just on your phone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, and and that's the thing so whereas before it was difficult to be a faker because you you know you you knew that you were going to get some credit for it now anybody can do it and what do you get from it it's like the thrill of deceiving it's the thrill of deception isn't it and so uh, for me it, again it's it's whilst it's a terrible thing it's not a shocking thing that people are doing it
0: and it's money. Like again, I'm going to keep going back to this documentary. If you, you've got access to the BBC iPlayer or BBC TV services, it's a, it's a BBC Three one. I think it's called Deep Fake, Could it be you, or you could be next, something like that. They interviewed two blokes who were doing this. One of them basically was saying, "I don't care. It's not real. Why, you know, why are they why are they getting why should they be hurt? This isn't real. None of yeah. it's real." And when the investigator was pursuing this. One of them was charging, I think it was $50 per minute of clip. Jesus. Now, if you think about it, like he said, he goes, i just take the picture. He goes, as long as it's a full face on picture, I add it in into the program. The algorithm does it all. So if he's yeah. making a 50, $50 per minute of a clip and this application is doing all the work for him. And you know, if they're doing so many of these videos a day, it's it's, it's the money. And he, and and the bottom line is, he showed no remorse. Now, one of them, it was a colleague of hers, who she said was the nicest person she ever worked with. It was him that gave the pictures over. One of yeah. them, and this is where it can start getting, if it could get any any worse. So the one in, they featured in America, she was campaigning for rights either for like potentially it was like revenge porn or for certain pornography on the internet. So they. Deep faked her to then and then it started being twisted to say oh the reason why she's campaigning against porn is because she doesn't want her sex video being released and here it right. is
1: right oh right so right.
0: not just random acts of targeting people it could be really targeted abuse of some kind you know yeah, it's
1: yeah
0: what do you think the good of this technology is or could be is there any good right now the good that i see in
1: it it, it, actually it, there's actually quite a bit. Let's say, for instance, like like we had films, and a really good example of this is the Fast and Furious film. Do you know where Paul Walker died through filming? Yeah. Obviously, there is so much footage of Paul Walker on film that you could reasonably now, with deep fake technology, take him and you could have put any actor on screen and recreated him in those final scenes. And I think they ended up using his brother and they used him at a distance and that sort of thing, didn't they? And then they used like a clip from an earlier film. Um, that could be fantastic. If you look at actors, for instance, I think that there's probably money to be made in a very legitimate way in the fact that, okay, Bruce Willis, hasn't he got, um, wasn't he diagnosed um, with an illness that has an effect on like like his speech and that sort of thing? I think it was him.
0: Yeah. I think Bruce it was about, yeah. Bruce
1: Willis. I, I'm not going to speculate on what it was because I can't remember what the condition was exactly. However, let's say that, for instance, as a result, I think that he was having trouble with like the prospect of doing any more acting work. I think that he would look at it and like you said about licensing his image previously, he can now license himself and say, well, I'll tell you what, you can use my image. You can use me in film because you've got so much footage of me on another actor. He could do a bit of voice work potentially, but it's a way of also keeping like actors and or characters kind of alive, I guess, even after they're gone. Like, could you imagine like somebody doing like a, a quick 15 minute prequel to like an amazing film series that you've always loved and using what looks like the original actors. Like, we love the technology in The Irishman because it made De Niro, Pacino and Pesci look young again. Imagine being able to do something like that. And I feel like there's, again, there's a proper legitimate avenue for money to be made there.
0: The only thing I'd say, though, is that, is, yeah, I really like The Irishman, and it was funny seeing that because they are alive and old now, but I'd have an issue, potentially have an issue with it if they're dead. And they're using it because that just feels, I don't know, that don't you think that feels a bit weird if an actor's Because we've seen it a couple of times now in films, haven't we? Star Wars have done it.
1: Yeah, yeah, they have. Do you yeah.
0: not think that's odd, though? I don't
1: know. I think it's all dependent on the person who's agreed to turn around and allow them. So, for instance, it's um, who played uh, the voice of Darth Vader? God, what's his name? The voice was uh, James L. Jones. James L. Jones, right? He's agreed to allow, um, is it Disney now who own Star Wars, yeah, to yeah. continue using his
0: everything.
1: voice. <laughs> or yeah, continue using like a a computer constructed version of his voice so that he can remain as Darth Vader because his voice is so iconic yeah. with the character of Darth Vader. And there are some things that are iconic when it comes to things like that. Like you can't hear anyone else's voice playing that character. So to me, that's the way that I would I would look at it. Like he's He's cemented in history and long after he's gone, they still have the ability to use his talent in film and TV.
0: You've caught me in a trap because in my head, I'm thinking, yeah, you're right. And I I would like that. So why is that different? Now, is it because I wouldn't be seeing him? It's the voice. So does that make it right? Because I I agree with you. You couldn't have a different voice for Darth Vader. Darth Vader is just so iconic, right? The the character and the voice. But would it be different if you were seeing him? Because in the end, Darth Vader, there could be 20 people under that, in that costume. I know yeah. it wasn't, but you might have had 30 different people play him in the film. But it's the voice that stands out. And is a voice, is it different? I don't know. I, I Yeah, like I said, I they've done it a couple of times. I, oh my God, I'm going to forget his name, is it? See the English guy in Star Wars. He he died, and I think they recreated him in one of the prequels. And I think recently wasn't it Carrie Fisher? I think they might have recreated
1: Princess yeah, Leia yeah, after
0: I, she died. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, and yeah. again, am I am I being hypocritical myself? I think, like I said, and like I said, with Paul Walker, um, if it happens during a film, and maybe to one of that that film, and to one of that performance in that film, potentially. But then, if you were then going to say you know, like I think they're, they're they're talking about signing their rights to to be able to use likenesses forty years after they're dead. I don't know. Can you imagine an actor dies today, and thirty years later you're still seeing him? You've aged. You've, you 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 yeah. look about fifty years later, but this actor is still the same. <laughs> as, yeah, as yeah,
1: that's true. Yeah, yeah. Okay, are you? Yeah, you've got a point there.
0: I'm always arguing with myself. I was gonna say something, but thinking could you use it in historical context, like so someone who's long dead, so you know that you're not trying to trick anyone, but like an old president or an old actor, could you could you have them come back for a some sort of yeah. show and tell or something?
1: Or or let's say for instance, you know, you're doing recreations of historical events. Yeah. So let's say you're you're recreating the was it Nixon the president who did the moon landings i think it was nixon wasn't it let's say for instance that you're recreating a program about the moon landings you want that famous uh, scene but from different angles of nixon in the oval office where he's saying oh americans have touched down on the moon this we've done it i guess for like a historical purpose it, it makes things feel a little bit more authentic because there's nothing worse than when you're watching a documentary and it cuts and it says reconstruction and the reconstruction is just utterly shit because it doesn't give you like an authentic felt experience, if that makes sense. Similarly, yeah. like museums, I could see it really well in museums. You know, like museums have lots of interactive exhibits now where things talk to you. Imagine if you had like images or video of historical figures telling you stories about particular things. That would probably be a really, really cool and useful tool. So, yeah, I could, see it. I could see it from the perspective of like historical characters. That would be probably quite cool.
0: I think it would be good because historical characters, like I said, I think the distance has passed, so it, it doesn't feel bad taste, if yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. It doesn't feel like you're taking advantage of it. With current actors, I think what would be fun is, you know, while they're still alive, imagine Sylvester Stallone at the grand old age of 95 and wishes. He says, oh, you know what? Between Rocky 1 and 2, I'd love to have told this story. He could actually make that yeah. film, and we could slot it in. You know, Rocky one and a half, and it would actually be him. So you could retrofit sequels or prequels to films with the same actor. And and in my head, while they're still alive, that's fine. Yes, you're obviously you're still tricking the audience. But imagine you've not been able to tell that story, or you or you or you just didn't get round to it, or you have that great idea like thirty <laughs> years later. Why can't you fill it in? Yeah,
1: or again, similarly, on another vein, musicians. So there are musicians that die before their time um, who have got unreleased music or music that they plan to release and ideas for videos or whatever it might be. I know that, again, they're dead. I get it. But, for instance, you know, if the idea was still there and the rights to the image are there, and as long as the family were consenting, I think that it'd be quite a cool thing to see that sort of technology used like, um, what show are they doing at the minute with ABBA where it looks like they're on stage? You can actually go and watch a show uh, and yeah, it's ABBA yeah,
0: it's voyage or voyage, looking yeah, like they're
1: on stage. Like, to me, stuff like that is class because it gives a whole generation of people who love the music but couldn't experience it live. Like, similarly, the Beatles. Could you imagine how mad people would go if yeah, you could do that yeah. same thing for the Beatles? And again, there was an even shorter period because of the death of John Lennon as a result. And so people now that grew up loving that music but never had the opportunity to watch them, you could create amazing content now for fans now that love that music using people that, that they kind of adored and never got the chance to to kind of witness live. I think that it'd be a really cool idea.
0: Do you think, because you often see, you know, when an artist dies and they, they say they've got like five, six albums worth of unreleased material. Yeah. Do you think someone at some point will will record that material and and use deepfake to record footage of themselves singing to that to be specifically only be released once they die? So could you imagine an artist releasing a record every decade for about five decades after or every five years after they've died? Ah,
1: that's a very good question. And, and yes, is my answer to the question. I think ultimately that would be a marketing thing. I think that if deepfake technology becomes what ultimately I'll probably see it being like such a mainstream, huge thing that's utilized by movie companies and music companies and producers and that sort of thing. Do I see, for instance, rights deals to music go and extend, like you turn around and okay, well we're signing a music contract for 50 years plus 25 years after death. I feel like those are the sorts of contracts that you would genuinely see. They're going to be like, um, exclusive rights after death to turn around and not only sell music because people already do that, like the company that makes money still from people like Michael Jackson or Smoke, whoever it might be evidently have deals that are in place. But I think that those deals are going to extend to the visual image rights of the artists in question.
0: Yeah, because I just think, you know, artists, they pride themselves, or a lot of them pride themselves on trying to push the the boundaries, don't they? Yeah. So could you imagine if you are intentionally recording material to only be released after you die with your likeness? So you might have had 30 years in the top 10, but you could have another 30 years afterwards. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You could dominate for over half a century. Something that popped into my head as you were talking it could open up so many doors as well for people. Cause imagine you're a great singer songwriter, but you can't dance. Yeah, so you could have your yeah. face put onto someone, yeah. you know, like this other one. So Lou, you could be the body popping and, and break dancing with the best of them. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? yeah.
1: To, to be fair, that's, that's actually a bang on point to be fair.
0: <laughs> you, you know, so there's gotta be all sorts of things like that. Or, or imagine, Oh, I tell you what, imagine you have, Around the world, obviously certain actors are probably big in certain places. So you could then deep fake that country's favourite action film. So in America it's uh, it's Tom Cruise. In England it could be Jason Statham. <laughs> so it's one it's one one film, do you know what I mean? But yeah. around the world, Germany might prefer David Hasselhoff on, yeah, on that yeah. actor's face. This
1: is true, yeah. Yeah.
0: It's so a one film but multiple leads depending on where in the world you are
1: yeah it, it, again this is the thing and in reality it's all going to be and and this is the thing the driver behind it will be what do people want what the consumers want what's going to make money so if you can do that and swap out an actor because they're not popular in a particular country or one's very popular in a particular country in reality it's better for the the the, the studios because the studios like oh well we only need to pay for their image rights so we don't actually need to pay them to be here Right. We can turn around and now tailor it to an audience. It's it's like basically what it's like is it's like making an animated film, but that looks real, basically.
0: Yeah. Well, it's almost the way I see it. It's almost like, you know, when they localize the soundtrack. So obviously you'd have dubbed in Italian or German or that. You're doing the opposite. You're you're dubbing the visuals. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I was just going to say, that's actually a brilliant way of looking at it. All you're doing is just dubbing and putting like a mask over what is the physical aspect of whatever you're <laughs> watching.
0: Could you also um, imagine there are going to be instances where certain actors might become problematic in the future? So could you erase them from a film? Y- you know what? And replace them with someone else?
1: Yeah, because obviously a lot of TV shows have been cancelled, like... Um was it um, House of Cards that was canned as a result of the yeah. scandal with Kevin Spacey? Um, imagine if you turned around and said, i tell you what, we're going to run House of Cards, but what we're going to do is we're going to take an, an actor and we're going to put them over Kevin Spacey's character and it's just going to be someone completely different. And then all of a sudden what you've done is you've just saved what was a TV show from cancellation, basically. Again, that's going to be driven by money because for the studios it's better to do that than it is to can something that's popular, isn't it? Yeah,
0: exactly. And also as you might never want to watch something again we're getting into a territory here where uh, i know a couple of shows i've watched have discussed it's like can you listen to music or watch films of someone can you separate the the art from the artist yeah as it were you take away all those problems if you're replacing disgrace actor a and put them in with current popular actor b i guess though you're looking at there then you've got to as an actor you don't own the right it's not an image, right? You are it is just the character then. So you're saying this is this becomes really interesting, doesn't it? Because then <laughs> it's your face, but it's the character that is the co- the contract's for, isn't it? Just the yeah, so same.
1: Yeah. But this is the thing, like at what point will you just turn around and get to a point where like actors don't need to actually act? You just take pictures of them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing as well. At that point it's like, Oh yeah, it's not really acting because but then I guess you have to have somebody on the base of the character. But you could just use any old person for that, couldn't you? wouldn't need to be necessarily good at acting because the facial expression everything would be dictated by the software
0: um, yeah could you not use a cgi body and then just put the deep fake face on it yeah
1: yeah but again we've seen in video games where it's not even necessarily deep fake technology it's just really good um animation of real life characters um we talked about it in another podcast episode was it uh, dying light or until dawn but like
0: Remy malek was a character if you remember yeah yeah um, and even in- well, ironically Kevin Spacey in Call of Duty. Yeah, I
1: was just about to say Kevin Spacey in Call of Duty. Connor McGregor was in one and who's the guy who plays Merle in uh, the Walking Dead as well? Rooker, Michael Rooker, Michael Rooker. Again him, he was in a, he was in um a Call of Duty game as well and then um
0: Kit Roman Harrington, uh, Jon Snow yeah. from Game of Thrones which from last week's hot take episode I know you love. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> On a side note, my partner, because obviously every year I used to get the Call of Duty without fail and play it. She said it was weird at a certain point when the characters looked real. Yeah. And I think it was the Kevin Spacey one. I can't remember if that was Ghosts or Advanced Warfare, but I remember that was the first one where they started to almost cross the line of being fairly realistic in, in the visuals.
1: Yeah, yeah i think I think I think you're right, I think that it was that like generation of game wasn't it where all of a sudden they started to bring and port real people from the real world into these games, and everything got like familiar really quickly because you knew who these people were yeah very... I just
0: think the thing with this tech though going right back to the start again though is the fact that it's it's in your hands like we saw it recently. is it the face face swap app, or what was the the that was yeah, I think you're right, it was face swap you know people are doing it now. And maybe is this just to harvest their faces for people to be able to then start <laughs> deep faking them in the future? I mean, you laugh. <laughs> yeah,
1: this is this true? Yeah, yeah, this is this true?
0: <laughs> you know, I don't think there's ever been a generation where people have had that technology at their hands. I think this is where stuff starts getting scary now.
1: Well, this is the thing. I feel like it used to be, and this kind of harkens back to my um, Loch Ness Monster point, it used to be that being able to like be fraudulent and that sort of thing used to be really difficult. It used to take a lot of physical effort, whereas now it takes no physical effort whatsoever. But like, in reality, if someone had pictures of me and you, they could put us on another podcast talking shit about something, or port us over like another podcast talking about something controversial or like let's say that we use we put this out visually, people could take our technology and use our faces from this podcast, create a separate podcast talking about something controversial and port us onto it to make it look like we're talking about that thing.
0: Hopefully they'd be more Sort of expert at what they're talking about. Yeah. They? Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> it's just me and you, except we know what we're talking about with respect to cryptocurrency. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, but you're right, though, because the, again, the guy, one of the guys creating it said, you know, a, a, a still image of someone looking at straight at the camera is what they need. However, someone sent in a recorded Zoom call and they said, that's the best because you've got their face moving side yeah. to side a little bit. Yeah. And so you can map more of it. All right. So let's say it now. So, Seventy years time, I think that's far enough away. We've signed our rights away. Do you fancy there'd be a Dan and Lou Deep Faked podcast still going in yeah. in like twenty ninety? I think 20
1: as long as they could turn around and get two people who were able to talk as much shit as we can about things that either in the grand scheme of things do matter or really matter because I feel like we jump between topics that matter and don't matter really heavily as well or <laughs> yeah. or, or who described it once in that in that review was turning around and sitting in the pub with two blokes just talking about things yeah, that yeah. were just happening or whatever I feel like if two people could recreate us having conversation like that I'd be perfectly happy for it to happen
0: for whatever reason would you ever sign or would you be all right because I guess you you'll have died so what do you care but would you sell your image rights away yeah
1: i think uh, you know what i you know chasing a bag a bag's a bag um with respect to money nothing else uh, <laughs> <laughs> <im- yeah. implications um yeah, yeah i think you know if you're getting paid for it yeah i think it's perfectly fine and as long as you consent into it you're getting paid for it i don't see a problem with it to be honest with you and i probably would because also it's like a little bit more of like a legacy thing like let's say again and for me like let's say you're a fantastic actor. Can you name me a popular actor from the 1940s? No. Can you name (laughs) a popular
0: actor from the 1950s? Uh, Let's say no. 60s? I should do. But let's say no.
1: And in the 70s, you get into like your Sid James's. to me at least, is like the carry-on generation. And that's probably the earliest generation that I would know. Or who did um, Atticus in um, To Kill a Mockingbird?
0: He's a hugely famous one, isn't he? But even like the 70s, you already start going into like Pacino, De Niro, things like that already in the 70s. Exactly. So
1: for me, imagine if you're like a a huge actor now who's well-respected. Let's say you're a DiCaprio, for instance, right? In reality, in 80 years time or 100 years time, your films, as much as, you know, there are some great ones that still exist, like To Kill a Mockingbird is obviously iconic. Gone with the Wind is iconic. Um, There's some really huge films that are still popular most of them will be disappeared your legacy or whatever you thought your legacy will be will have disappeared into history never to be looked at again apart from maybe the odd film class that's taught 100 years from now imagine as a celebrity or as a as a musician or as a as a an actor you can cement your legacy by selling away the rights to your performances in films after you're gone so that for the next 80 years people continue to see your face to me. That's what legacy is that it's like the bigger chunk that you're in the history books. That's legacy, isn't it? And for me, I think so many actors now have made so much money. If you care about the craft, that's what your legacy would want to be. Like I would love to see Robert De Niro in film for the next 50 years until I die. I would love to see Al Pacino in film for the next 50 years, but it's not going to happen. Like that generation of talent is now lost but imagine if they could cement that by saying 50 years from now I can appear as a 35 year old de Niro in a film freshly made you would take that opportunity i think they would take that opportunity because again that's legacy yeah. that's that's your name still up in lights 100 years after you've died and and to me i think that, that that's that's probably what the attraction would be to me
0: could you also imagine so i'm thinking now deep faking yourself on to say something massive that's happened in the past like well let you into a secret we're recording this after the world cup one right <laughs> <laughs> <It's got> a, <laughs> it's, there we go secrets out now we've let you, you speak behind the curtain like you know there's some famous images like when uh, Italy won in 82 there's that Tardelli running yeah. away did you imagine deep faking yourself onto that and then telling your great grandkids, this <laughs> was, was me it. when I won the World Cup. <laughs> this was me when yeah, I won big, the World yeah, Cup. Yeah,
1: you know what? This is what it is. It gives you so much potential <laughs> to turn around and big yourself up, doesn't it? And you know what? It's actually bloody brilliant that
0: is yeah this is me when i beat conor mcgregor in a fight this is me when <laughs> i won you know won the 1500 meters you could convince people because who's gonna know then yeah
1: yeah it's true isn't it in, re- in reality this is the thing like and, and and who's going to be bothered at that point to turn around and look you up
0: yeah yeah <laughs> yeah this this was me when i starred in eastenders yes <laughs> oh dear like i said we've got really through it so i think we started with Obviously, the re- the really negative stuff, but we've kind of gone right from negative to to potentially some fun things we can use for it. I I just think again, I I know I've said it a lot. I just think it's stuff like this in the hands of everyone. Just yeah. feels wrong we've never had a, a kind of time where that's been possible, I think,
1: yeah, yeah, this is what it is. I think that when you give this technology to the masses, you also open it up so like when you look at like people or societies, you have to look at them as like cross sections don't you like at one end you've got people who are like criminals or always indulging in like terrible behavior and then at the other end you've got people that are brilliant, like amazing minds, that sort of thing. When you open up this sort of technology. To an entire society, you have to appreciate that, that one whilst one end of the spectrum is going to use it for amazing good, like creativity and that sort of thing. The other end of the spectrum is going to use it for the most abhorrent things that you can possibly imagine. And I think that's really where it goes. It's like with VR, like the biggest concerns about VR is like kids and child predators like being able to actually like sit and like as if you're in a room with a kid potentially who's using like a virtual reality world and that sort of thing. Like that's the first concern because we realize that there's people in society who will use it for terrible things. However, you know, again, what I think it is, is it's making sure that legislation and restrictions on these things come into place at a time where the technology is becoming mainstream because three, four, five years after the fact, it's already too late. The the, the, The kind of damage has already been done. And I think that that's what the key is. It's making sure, okay, this is the new technology that we've got. What problems do we anticipate? How do we stop those problems from even becoming a problem? So like I said, what we do is we end up trying to turn around and protect ourselves in the wrong way, don't we? So we don't prosecute people for making it in the first place. We prosecute people for doing the blackmailing to turn around and extort someone for money so that this doesn't go online. But the instance of the video being created and going online isn't an offence to begin with. So we're not actually stopping the problem at source.
0: Yeah, well, you see it in all all walks of life. Like, uh, there's a really dangerous road. And it's like, no, 10 people have to be hit before we'll put traffic calming yeah, in or something.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, Going back to what you said, it is spot on. Is like, initially, and I said to some people in our pod group, actually, is that we just always seem to be lagging. Like, technology just moves too fast. However, like you said, this is four or five years on.
1: Yeah.
0: And you must have known what this was going to be potentially capable of doing. You just know if you've got, if you're given the the ability, people the ability to put someone's face onto someone else. Yeah. Come on. I often don't think the media now, you know, I've often said before, I don't think we have sometimes real journalism anymore because it's all, oh, we've got this video clip sent in by a user on their phone and stuff like that. And we've seen clips where they've put on like footage from a video game because they think it's real, like a war game or something. Do you not think that news channels soon will be dupe because they want to be the first one to get that clip of that politician or that actor saying this or doing that yeah. without trying to verify it?
1: Yeah, I think this is also a good point. And I think you're right. I think there's probably been lots of instances of it already happening, um, to be fair, I, I imagine. I'll have a quick Google while we talk. But yeah, I think that that's what it will be. It will be, and this is the thing, it's the fastest finger first, isn't it? It's whoever can get to the news first. But again, we've already seen the problem with that. People get there first, post things, news agencies get on them. I mean, we've seen like cases of mistaken identity where like Stormzy is a huge one, isn't he, in like British newspapers. Like people will talk about Stormzy and they will just put pictures of some random person in (laughs) place of Stormzy. And nobody's checked that, and nobody checks the retraction because it becomes a news story that blows over in two minutes. And so this is what it is: news agencies will jump on the news to be the first one to break, and then no one will ever get a retraction properly because it won't reach the same amount of audience as, as whatever controversial story you've got. And and again, you know, is there is there probably something to be said about when you look at like legislation for how this thing can be used with the media when the media gets something that is to be reported, like at what? what is the level of responsibility what is the duty of care what is the standard that they need to meet before they can reasonably report on something because how many times do you see a story where it's reported and on the news they say we've got unconfirmed sources okay so the sources that so i could have rung up and told you something's happening and i'm the fucking unconfirmed source am i like that makes no sense you would never get away with doing that in any workplace environment. Like let's say that you're you're managing a project, whatever it is, you're like yeah, you know, I'm I'm almost certain that I've half heard through a YouTube tutorial that that is probably what we should be doing. Everyone would look at you like you were a fucking idiot. We <laughs> don't do that when it comes to the media and, and and journalism, do we? We never do that. We turn around, we shoot first and we ask questions later is basically They want to the be the first
0: is. one. They want to be the first to do the story. I think we'll kind of start closing up. Can you see a time where you literally won't be able to believe anything you you see at some point yeah. online specifically?
1: Yes, I think we're already at that point, or we're 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 already kind of into the early stages of it. I think that obviously COVID taught us a lot. I think that when you look at like the level of misinformation that was spread, irrespective of you know whatever side of the argument that you're on, like there was a level of misinformation that we've probably never seen before with respect to COVID. I think that people are already at a point where they see things and think I'm not believing it because why would I believe that. Like what and and this is the thing as well. So what if you if I was to ask you what's a reputable source of news just day to day where would you go?
0: This is a difficult thing because every news channel I mean you know even away from the deep fake side every channel has got their bias haven't, haven't they?
1: Yeah, yeah. And this is the thing so Everybody also gets different airtime depending on how controversial they can be. So we've seen it before. Like we had, do you remember there was that period of time in like British television where Katie Hopkins and God, what was the EDL bloke's name? Tommy Robinson were getting huge airtime. It's because they fit a particular narrative that made people angry. So that's why they were using people like that. So it wasn't even for the fact of, okay, we can trust this person as a a respected source who can come on and give in. No, we're doing it, not even for that purpose anymore. So again, for me, the the intention of, of news networks now is more so for ratings as opposed to actually getting good quality journalism. And this is the thing for me. I would always tell you, if you are looking for a good source of news and you don't pay for it, the likelihood is it's a shit source of news. Because good journalism is usually paid journalism to be fair. You have
0: to Google it. I so if I'm scrolling through social media or Facebook's the worst for it. Whenever I see a post saying, I got this from a friend or a friend received this and I'm posting it, scroll, yeah, scrolling yeah, past it. Yeah. I ain't listening to no my friend told me this or a work colleague of a friend of mine has said this. No. And also also oh, when you see like really outrageous headlines and it's just the headline I will then, if it's something of interest, I will then Google it to see, one, is that headline actually true? Yeah. And then B, to actually read the story, because the headlines often are just clickbait, pure and simple. Yeah. And and I remember, God, back when in one of my first jobs, so we're looking like early 2000s, people in our department, they were able to work out how you could get to the, the source of a web page that made like a BBC article, like they take a BBC news article and put your name and say, you know, like Lou and Dan have been caught, yeah. you know, lying about this and that. You could do it back then, 20 years ago. So it's not beyond the realm that someone's manipulating a news headline now. So Yeah,
1: yeah. 100% agree. It's
0: Yeah, it's kind of sad though, isn't it? It's, uh...
1: It is. And this is the thing, it is a sad state of affairs. But again, I feel like everybody's culpable because we turn around as like consumers of news for instance and we want snappy headlines because that's all we look for now because we are saying that we're too on the move we're too on the go that's what we want quick 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 speed 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 the media agencies as a result have dropped the standards that they would have had 30 years ago in terms of reporting to turn around and be like right we need to wait because we don't know we don't know we don't know they're then flicking to sources that aren't credible to turn around and take their news from which means that like the whole cycle kind of perpetuates. And also there's no restrictions on the media in terms of what they can and can't report that's complete bullshit. Do you know what I mean? Like it used to be that like the newspapers would turn around and, do you know, on April Fool's put out a, a story. I always remember one where it was monkeys <laughs> yeah. in a zoo using iPads. And that was the story that they put up on April Fool's. And you would be genuinely fooled if that makes sense. You'd be like, oh, "Okay, wow, I didn't realise that that was fake." Whereas now, you read through the news articles, and you think, "Ah, oh, bullshit! Don't believe it! Bullshit! Bullshit! Bullshit!" Because that's the Actually, kind this story
0: of ag- isn't outrageous enough for me. Yeah, I don't yeah. believe it because it's yeah. not outrageous. And yeah. that's the
1: thing. When you look at it now, like like news now needs to be obnoxious, doesn't it? In the way it's presented, yeah. in the way it's formulated. And if you look like what what news organizations, so when you have a, a, like a look at the news and that sort of thing, when do you ever get more than a five minute soundbite? Where are the long form yeah, panel yeah. shows where if we, there's an issue to be discussed that's serious, we could genuinely sit down and have a conversation with nine or 10 people that actively have an interest in what's going on or a vested interest in what's going on. So when you look at deepfake technology now, it's perfectly suited for that technology, isn't it? Because the only thing that people need to create is that three minute clip because nobody watches the full interview. The full interview might have never have happened. It might just be a clip that's made to look like it's been pulled from an interview. But nobody is going to give a shit about paying attention to where it came from. All they want is that clip.
0: Yeah, I think um, I think we'll leave it there unless there was anything else you had to say on this.
1: Um, No, I think that, yeah, it's a scary prospect. I think that, do I think in the long run, it will do in the very, very long run, like 100 years from now, more good than harm? Yes. I think in the short term, though, this is going to be a really difficult thing to um, adapt to in the modern world, given how readily available it is to be abused, basically. And we've seen more of that already than we have of the good stuff. Because we've not really seen anything good come from deepfake technology yet, if I'm being honest, have we?
0: Yeah, probably not not yet, really. Well, not that any of that's been allowed to be seen by us. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, not not for the meantime. Yeah.
1: So all we've seen is the negative. So I think in the kind of short to medium term, in the kind of next, again, five years from now, do I think legislation will catch up? No. Do I think that there will be a further uh, kind of like of wealth of abuses of the technology? Yes. Um, do I think that the more people that get access to the technology will mean further abuses yes um i think really it's just a case of at what point do we catch up and realize that we need to make restrictions with particular things with respect to technology to mean that you know we can we can actually stop all of the shitty things from happening basically
0: there you go there you have it that's our take on deep fakes we've zipped along quite rapidly but it's one of those conversations isn't it that changes as you're talking about it uh, because of all the all the things that come to mind before i properly close out now lou any anything else for you to say no barring that kind of like last
1: little tangent that i went off um i i I think that i'd have one huge benefit to being able to use deep fake technology um, I'd love to be able to use it to bring my um, dead cat back to life through the power of video because <laughs> my cat's still dead. But apart from that, <laughs> if, if anybody's got <laughs> access to deepfake technology, please do send us an email at castinfusedpod at gmail.com and uh, I'll, I'll send you some pictures of my cat if you can bring him back to life for me. Yeah, I'll if go, we yeah, can bring... Lovely.
0: Yeah, rip Billy, really, rip Billy. Really. <laughs> yeah, on that note, Please subscribe uh, to make sure you don't miss another episode like this. Yeah, leave us a review where you can. You can get in contact with us if you've got any thoughts on deepfake technology or anything else we've discussed or anything you'd like us to discuss. Um, You can get us at castingviewspod at gmail.com or at castingviews on Twitter. And we know there are a lot of podcasts from which you can choose. So we thank you for listening to Casting Views. One, two, three, four... If I want your opinion, I will give it to you. Come on,
1: check what we've got, cause you need it. Don't make us get a spark and bullshit.